0: This is My Guys in the Desert
3: with Stormy Bonantoni on vSEN, the sports betting network.
4: We are up and running over here on My Guys in the Desert. Stormy Bon and Tony live with you at Circus Sportsbook in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. It is a beautiful day after a beautiful night in the NBA yesterday. We will talk all things NBA playoffs here in just a little bit. Dwayne Colucci of the Rampart Race and Sportsbook gonna take us behind the counter on the book's perspective on some things. Also the NFL draft. Just over a week away, so Thor Nystrom, NBC Sports. Edge draft betting analyst is going to join us as well as Stuart Buchanan, talk MLB and Nick Alberga, break down a four-game NHL slate. It's a short slate tonight, but obviously a lot on the line with regards to the Western Conference playoff race. So a lot to get into, but let's get it started on and popping with our top five stories, things you need to know. We will start in the NBA postseason because not only did the Suns get upset last night by the Pelicans, 125 to 114, New Orleans, by the way, cashing four to one odds as a money line dog, but now may miss time from All-Star guard Devin Booker suffering an apparent right hamstring injury in the third quarter, exiting the game. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reporting this morning there's ongoing evaluation from his MRI results, but it appears unlikely that Booker's going to be able to play in games three and four. No doubt a major blow for the NBA title favorite Suns. Booker was spectacular spectacular in the first half last night. 31 points. It was a bad beat, though, if he had his points, rebounds, and assists. Prop went two under there. Game three in New Orleans said for Friday, the Suns currently a one-point favorite. In the series, we're as high as minus 400, now down to minus 260. Other results and updates from yesterday. The the Grizzlies bounced back in a big way after the T-Wolves stole game one. Memphis, as a -a six-and-a-half-point favorite, delivered a statement-dominant 28-point win. Final 124-96. Fell way under the posted 240 total. With the series split at one now, the Memphis series price back up from minus 125 to minus 240. They're also a one and a half point road favorite tomorrow in Minnesota. The Heat also beat Atlanta 115 to 105. Straight up win, cover the seven and a half, and take a two games to none. Series lead total went one point over the 219. Jimmy Butler leading the way with a career high in the postseason. 45 points shooting 60% from the floor and 11 of 12 from the line. The Hawks have never rallied from down 0-2 in a series. 0-25 in their franchise history while the Heat have never wasted a two games to none lead. 17-0 in such instances. But there were four such rallies last year's uh, playoffs. So keep that in mind. Historically though, teams that take a two games to none lead in the NBA playoffs, 90 33% go on to win on the whole thing in the NBA tonight we have three more games Nets at the Celtics at 4 p.m. Pacific time Boston leads the series one game to none after that thrilling series opener Jason Tatum at the buzzer Nets getting three and a half very trendy dog here then the 76ers a two point favorite at the Toronto Raptors total 216 and a half Sixers one of those teams with the 2-0 lead that I mentioned they also covered in both of their games as the series shifts to Toronto though Philly will be without Matisse. Who's not fully vaccinated. And additionally, Toronto's Scotty Barnes, doubtful to play once again. And Gary Trent Jr., questionable with the illness that kept him out of game two. And then, Bulls Bucks, the defending champs at 10 point favor total 225 that one coming up at 6 30 p.m pacific on tnt books expecting a much higher game as you can see with that total than the 183 points we saw in game one really rough shooting efforts from both teams there and number four which i don't even want to say this note because it makes me so sad the 49ers star wide receiver running back combo hybrid player debo samuel has reportedly requested a trade from the team espn's jeff darlington breaking the story this morning and nfl network's ian Rappaport adding, while the 49ers were ready to give Samuel a new contract, he was unwilling, or has been unwilling, to accept or engage any offer or discussion. Part of the reasoning likely being, uh, likely for his desired departure having to do with his usage, and the wear and tear being that hybrid type of a role. The team has come, uh, it's been reported that the team has said that there's no interest in trading him. In the meantime, 49ers win total and odds to make the playoffs have come off the board. Last one, Jeff Darlington busy, uh, it appears this week. All over the news cycle. Also reporting the Steelers would sign Baker Mayfield the very next day if he was cut by the Browns. If you do think this would happen and that he could help the Steelers, now's the time to pounce Pittsburgh in the betting market. Total set at seven and a half wins, plus 275 to make the playoffs, minus 360 to miss plus 800 in the AFC North. So just keep all these numbers in mind, like I promise, Let's go behind the counter. Dwayne Colucci, manager of the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. Dwayne, uh, just to let you know, my dad is coming to town this weekend, and I think he's more excited about being at the Rampart and hanging out with you than he is with me.
1: Oh, wow. That's that's flattering, I'll tell you, Stormy. But your dad's a great guy, and we really love to talk the hockey and you know, definitely get our bets down. So looking forward to seeing him.
4: Yeah, I love it. And you and I will talk hockey here in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about these NBA playoff games. Uh, How good was the result for you guys yesterday seeing the Suns get taken down?
1: Well, it definitely helped, Stormy. It's been a rough road at the uh, Rampart and South Point. We've been taking it on the chin. A lot of these games and these series have been uh, predictable somewhat. So definitely uh, it helped last night. Shame to see Booker go down, though, Uh, inevitable circumstances, though, when you keep relying on him and, uh, you know, the wear and tear on his body. We've seen it during the course of the regular season and in years past, but definitely a true credit to the Pelicans. They played very well, I will say. Ingram was unstoppable late in the game, and they were getting some big threes out of McCollum that's going to be a great series. And definitely we have to watch an adjusted series price. And the hamstring uh, is definitely a factor with Devin Booker. I believe we're sitting Stormy at minus 280 right now at the rampart South point and a plus 240 on the Pelicans.
4: Yeah. The sun's record with and without him, very different 56 and 12 this season with him in the lineup in games. He's not available. They're eight and six and obviously much better just on a points per possession basis with him on the floor. You mentioned taking it on the chin a little bit just for, for betters listening NBA favorites so far this postseason 17 and three, straight up 14 and six against the number. But a lot of under money at least coming in. So has that been evening things out a bit?
1: Well, yeah, so it helps, but there's nothing like the side wagers. You know, definitely the teams are where we take more action and higher limits as well. So it helps a little bit. And sometimes it takes down the parlay stormy, but you know, still, it's been a rough goal of it with all these trends, favorites in multiple sports have been playing out and hurting us. Uh, the public has definitely been having the upper hand, but uh, it's long playoffs and definitely a long MLB season long NHL playoffs to be faced with, so uh, we, we definitely have our heads up, Storm.
4: Yep, still lots to come, including tonight. <laughs> we have three more NBA playoff games on the slate. Uh, let's start with the Nets and Celtics series, because this one already has that conference finals type of a feel. You've got the hostility on the court with Kyrie and the Celtics, um, but the Nets, too, aren't just your run-of-the-mill underdog here. How's the, the handle on this series in particular? And then this game, are the Nets the trendiest of the underdogs that you've got on on Tap tonight.
1: Yeah, definitely massive handle, Stormy. This is a great, great playoff series. It's gonna be a shame to see one of these teams go and actually be eliminated. What a great first game. And uh, you know, we're seeing good two way action, believe it or not. Definitely the Nets are gonna be the trendy uh most trendy, I would say, out of all the underdogs on the board tonight. But great two way handle, and once again you're seeing a lot of under action as we opened it at two twenty seven and a half and now down to two twenty six. But you know Kevin Durant is gonna have have a better game stormy mm-hmm. so I definitely think Brooklyn has a massive chance tonight I like their chances as bad as he played they were still in the game up until the end and definitely got the cover in that first game and the last second shot what a what a great play by Marcus Smart to realize he still had enough time to deliver the ball and the game-winning basket by Tatum
4: yeah really incredible ending in that one and no doubt you expect Katie to be more aggressive more assertive in this game I know we don't like to deal in a lot of hypotheticals in this business but there's been a lot of talk about Ben Simmons potentially coming back at the end of the series what does he do for you guys from a numbers perspective what impact would he have if he's on the floor because obviously defensively he's somebody that that team really really could use uh to their benefit here but at the same time the rust factor of a guy who hasn't played in 11 months
1: yeah. It's difficult to gauge. Cause like you said, his minutes will be limited stormy and he definitely helps against the total because he is a defensive force. I don't know how accurate he would come out shooting wise. So definitely we would just play a, a watch and uh, you know, uh, tell approach. I don't think he would affect the point spread all that much. Maybe the total a little bit, you know, rein it in, but definitely these are two high powered teams. They uh, had, I believe 229 points in the first game. So it's difficult to to gauge Ben Simmons. He hasn't played in so long and he would probably be limited on the minutes, like I said.
4: What about the other two games that we have on tap in the NBA tonight? 76ers, Raptors, Bulls and bucks uh, two favorites that have handled business so far.
1: Yeah, definitely. We're seeing great action on the over uh, Stormy in the Philadelphia-Toronto game. Toronto, once again, you know, you don't know the status of some of their players like you were touching upon in the segue. So uh, I, I definitely think Philadelphia is going to be hard to handle and beat and Harden seem to be playing well, although they'll be missing a great defensive player. in I believe that's definitely a minus. So I believe that's why you're seeing the total inflate. And uh, 209, I believe, was the total in the first game that they accumulated both teams. This one is up to 217 and a half at the Rampart and South Point from a 214 and a half opener. So seeing some, uh, definitely some action on this over. So uh, also the second game, uh, the third game, I should say, was seeing good two-way action against Stormy. It's holding at 10. The opening number, the total hasn't moved. Uh, I I think that Giannis has to have a little more support. The Bulls really played well in the second half of that game. So I'm I'm anticipating more ball movement and definitely Middleton has to step up. He has to hit those outside jumpers. You can't just keep lobbing, lobbing it into Giannis and relying on him. He will wear down eventually, maybe not in this first series, but as the NBA playoffs wear on, you just can't have this guy spotting up threes and taking it to the hole constantly. His body will have wear and tear effects.
4: Dwayne, we are up against it. Have to take a break, but real quick, 10 seconds before you go, the Golden Knights staying at any chance against the Caps tonight?
1: Uh, Atlanta better play big, and they need offense, Stormy. They need offense. Max has to score. Uh, Stoner has to play well. Uh, It has to be generated from somewhere.
4: I certainly hope that they do. Thank you so much, Dwayne. Appreciate the time.
1: Thank you, Stormy. I appreciate you having me on.
4: That's Dwayne Cloutier, one of the best, uh, manages there the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. Remember, if you missed any of this show or any other show here on the network, you can download them all uh, wherever you get your podcast. My Guys in the Desert, become a subscriber today and get the mini pods as well. More My Guys, though, on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere.
3: yeah, I, yeah. Because you gotta think, Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like
0: that, like that.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. Point game. I remember you came to my room crying, tears, <laughs> crying, I mean, he was in a culture shock. That day, his, he's going to us about winning. Remember
5: what you I know? told you? I said, I said, oh, G, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't need it. Yeah. Ain't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Tony on
3: VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: Beeson is all in for the draft next week, right here in fabulous Las Vegas. We have a special draft preview show this Sunday at 6 p.m. Tim Murray and Sean King are going to break down the first round prospects and props and get some help from. A wonderful lineup of expert guests, including the guy who created My Guys in the Desert, legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, and former NFL lineman and TV host Mike Golic and his son, Mike Golick Jr. VEASAN's draft preview special is again this Sunday, 6 p.m., exclusively on VEASAN. And don't forget to download our NFL draft betting guide featuring best bets, mock drafts everything you need to score big at the draft this season download it today for just 10 bucks go to vcin.com draft for more information stormy Tony with you live from downtown las vegas a circle resort and casino we will continue that draft conversation with nbc sports edges thor nystrom senior content creator covering college football as well as the nfl draft thor i was thinking it over before the show thor and stormy we are just like the perfect marvel tandem here how are you
3: We truly are. I'm doing well, Stormy. How are you doing?
4: Good. Great to have you on with us again. And I feel like the way that the rumor mill is going right now every day, you know, we're hearing different lift service from different places about what's going to happen in the draft. So for you as somebody who's analyzing these things day in and day out, is most of your work already done or is it like a full time job in itself just having to break down all the news and information that comes out from different sources right now?
3: It's sort of two different things like the on, on the one hand you start, you're going through your you're accumulating everything you know about the players and then finalizing your rankings by position and then of course like a big board. but then on the other hand you, you're also trying to pay attention to you know what you're hearing from sources what what teams seem to be indicating through some of these reports and different stuff like that to, so you can read the tea leaves and stuff like that. so it's two two totally separate things and it's it's th- this year in particular it's fascinating theater
4: absolutely and that's the perfect way to put it Uh, a lot of unpredictability this year which can be fun in some ways uh not so much in others when we're trying to find some betting value but it's all going to start with the jacksonville jaguars and that top overall pick and then we'll get the trickle down effect from there and the big question is whether or not they're going to go with aiden hutchison i know that's who you have going number one overall he's a minus 200 favorite but we've seen that market shrink a little bit with trayvon walker plus 190 Everybody else beyond those two sixteen to one odds right now is it really that two horse race in your opinion?
3: I think so yeah it it would be a shock if it was anyone outside of those two guys barring a trade Of course, like there's been you know numerous reports that Jacksonville would happily trade down if they get that bounty offer. Um, assuming it doesn't come in though I, I think it's going to be one of those two guys for sure there there been all that smoke on Walker, like for the last two weeks, you know, where the, the odds just got, you know, you, you were mentioning it, where it just got his one one odds got absolutely slashed in in the mock draft that I put out yesterday or the day before. My my days are kind of running together now, Stormy. But, I bet. Um, the, the 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 last one, I I kept Hutchinson in, in the one one spot. Um, you know, in, in part I just just being bullish on him as, as a player and thinking that sort of cooler heads would would ultimately prevail in in Jacksonville. With that decision, um, and then I was talking to a source last night that and I, I reported this earlier today on Twitter that the, the source told me that Hutchinson, he has been led to believe that he will be Jacksonville's first pick based on his conversations with the team. So I, th- th- that's still where, where I'm, I'm thinking, and certainly that information bolstered that opinion.
4: Yeah, really good insight into the pick there. Uh, we've also seen some movement for the number two pick here recently. Uh, I know we talked a good bit last week about Malik Willis potentially being a fit there for the Detroit Lions, but all of a sudden, we've seen huge steam back on Kayvon Thibodeau. He's gone from plus 300 on Monday to now plus 150 favorite. Why is some of the hype come back around KT?
3: Well, I think, well, a, a couple of things, I, you know, number one, the the team that liked Walker, like that, that was, you know, Jacksonville, that was trend bulky. I, we, we never got the same indication of that with Detroit. Um, and in fact, I've been told that there's at least one team that has been artificially hyping Walker to their media sources mm. because they're hoping that Hutchinson falls down. Th- th- that team was not identified to me d- during that anecdote, but that very well could be, uh, Detroit. Um in, 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 in a scenario where Hutchinson, you know, does end up being the the first overall pick, um, you know, I, I it's either going to be the, the wild card pick with Malik Willis or I I think, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, they're one of the organizations that might take him over Trayvon Walker. So that wouldn't surprise me at all.
4: You have him, as of right now, going seven to the New York Giants using their second pick on him. You have their first selection at five on Ikem from NC State as the first offensive lineman off the board. I've seen that as a pretty popular pick for betters going with Ikuanu to be the first offensive lineman off of the board. Uh, but why do you have KT getting bypassed for that first pick?
3: Well, um, you know, in, in part because the you know with Detroit, I have them taking Malik Willis. You know, I, I've I've had a hunch on this that 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 might be the reason that they've been so careful in their interactions with their own sources. Because because even the most plugged in people in Detroit have no idea what direction that they're going. You know, it's it's just sort of a lot of conjecture has 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 informed the favorites for that pick to this point. Um, it, it reminded me a lot of San Francisco last process with Trey Lance, although they sort of did their secrecy the opposite way, where they, they gave a, a false name to the media and then just let them run with it. Whereas Detroit, they're just being very careful. Um, you know, they do not want their target identified. So it, it, it could be either way. You know, I I have a hunch. There's other people that have the hunch for the edge guy, but I, I think it's it's going to be one of those two things.
4: As a San Francisco 49ers fan, I just I remember that all too well, Thor. Uh, and now we've got some pre-draft drama as well with San Francisco, hearing that Debo Samuel isn't wanting to stay in San Francisco. He's not happy with the situation. He's requested a trade. I don't personally think so, um, just Looking into the draft situation, but could that be potentially a, a fly in the ointment or um, a, a wrench thrown into things with Debo's announcement or other wide receivers that are unhappy right now?
3: Yeah, the, there's a whole lot of ones. You know, going back to Jacksonville's incompetency, it seems like they blew up the entire wide receiver market with that contract that they gave to Christian Kirk. And now everyone who's better than Christian Kirk, which is a lot of receivers in the NFL, they're not. They're all now like looking at their contracts, like why why don't why don't I get Christian Kirk money? <laughs> So, so, I mean, that that's why you're seeing all this stuff. I, I'm i not sure that it would change the 49ers' uh, philosophy unless they've already had trade discussions, you know, where where that's become feasible to them. But I, I think going into the, the draft, they're going to know one way or the other, you know, the, the odds of, of Debo coming back. And if they want him to come back, they, you know, they, they'll pay him and that'll be that.
4: Enough money, by the way, has finally come in on the wide receiver market that it's up from the five and a half total number to six and a half. It's actually juiced to under now at minus 120. Has this become a stay away bet now?
3: Probably now. Yeah. Yeah. I I think like, cause I, you know, I, I tend to think if, if it hops over the number, it's going to be six, And so there, you know, there must've been enough juice with that with people. Cause you got, you know, you, you have the usual suspect guys and then. You know the, the the top five. You don't even count Burks in that. You know you also have mm-hmm. Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, um, George Pickens could could sneak in there. There's just a lot of options to toggle that up to six. But when you got to get to seven, that that's where it becomes a bridge too far for me. Kinda, um, I I just don't know that I could bet on that.
4: I want to talk about the Carolina Panthers at six, but a lot of talk about what they might do uh, with that number six overall pick. And I see you have Matt Corral in that spot. You were high on him last week when we talked about Malik Willis and Matt Corral in that quarterback market. He's 16 to one to be the second quarterback taken, 20 to one specifically to be that sixth overall pick. Why do you think that he could be a fit for Carolina here?
3: That first bet in particular strikes me as just fabulous value. All, the, all the, that, that that that, will require to cash is Kenny Pickett not being one of the first two quarterbacks taken, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, Malik Willis almost assuredly is going to be the first one. And all you got to do is get by Pickett. I, I I think there's a lot of reasons to assume that Matt Corral will go above him. The only reason that he wouldn't, you know, the, the only one going the other way is that Matt Rule has the history with Kenny Pickett, you know, going back to Temple like we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in w- with this particular thing, we we've heard reports that Carolina gave out three first round grades to quarterbacks. In addition to Pickett, the two other names were Matt Corral and Malik Willis. I, I think at the end of the day, the, the organization is going to be able to convince Matt Rule that it is in his best interest. If you're going to use a top ten pick on a quarterback, he's got to be a quarterback that has a ceiling to become a top 10 starter in the NFL if he hits it. You cannot make that argument about Kenny Pickett. He's just too capped physically.
4: And we did see how long it took for Kenny Pickett to really ease into the system in Pittsburgh to begin with. One name, uh, we've got about a minute left with you here, Thor, but one name that's risen a lot, and I also see on this number six potential board, plus 350, Charles Cross. Why am I hearing so much more about him going higher on the board lately?
3: Well, his evaluation, especially on the surface, is very sexy, right? Like he, he, he has a prototypical frame. He's extremely athletic. And then when you look into the, the like the data, the analytics of it, when he, you know, on on an enormous amount of pass pro reps, he allowed very few pressures, very few sacks, and stuff like that. So the analytics people are going to like him, both for the you know the athletic profile um, and and then the, the stats as well. The reason that I'm I'm more concerned about him, it, it it goes back to the Andre Dillard thing and some of the other offensive linemen that have come out of Leach's system, in in Leach. In Leach's air raid, they have the biggest. They, they take the biggest splits among offensive linemen in the nation. They also get the ball out faster than any other team in the nation. So it makes it a little bit easier.
4: Thor, you are awesome. Thank you so much, man, and uh, good luck ahead of next week.
3: Appreciate you, Storm.
4: That's Thor. Nice from NBC Sports Edge. Check him out at Thor KU on Twitter. When we come back, we love that plus money and MLB on the horizon.
3: You're listening to My Guys of the Desert. With Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network.
4: here on My Guys in the Desert. This segment brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Have you been looking for the right opportunity to switch up your nicotine? Well, now there's a 10-day challenge to give you that fresh start helping you walk away from the ashtray, spit cups and vapes. It's called the Zinn 10 Challenge. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are satisfying, smoke-free, spit-free and a nicotine alternative and they're available in 10 varieties and two strengths. The Zin 10 Challenge is a risk-free way to try Zinn Nicotine Pouches and if you don't enjoy your experience with Zinn after 10 days, you'll get your money back so head on over to zincom slash 10 to take the zin 10 challenge that's zyn.com slash t-e-n warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemicals those z's were a little bit tough for me with my invisalign and i got a little list for you welcome back here to the program time for we love that plus money honey plus money props tonight worth a look starting in the nba bobby portis we're thinking he's going to get a double-double tonight. Plus 370. He had 10 points and 12 boards in game 1 of the series. He's averaging 15 points per game and 9.8 boards per game since the start of April, which is I think that it's worth it on the value. He was also just one board shy of a double-double. His most recent regular-season game was Chicago, April 5th. Uh, I think it's worth the risk here at the plus-money price, especially with the expectation the Bucks are going to have a stronger team performance game too. Then in Celtics-Nets, Kyrie Irving over three and a half threes, plus 115. He had six in game one. I'm not saying he's going to have six again, but he is averaging four and a half since the start of March, and he throws up ten a game. I think there's really good chance that he could hit four here. You also know, after all the talk, that. This- this week, your boy Kyrie's trying to go off in front of that Boston crowd. Uh, bonus plus money here from our producer, Steph Cammerjack. Plus 550 Kyrie to score the first field goal. Speaking of Steph, she's told me I have to give you a disclaimer on my final one here in the MLB. Giants pitcher Carlos Rodon, even money, honey, to go under his 7.5K prop against the Mets. He's been incredible, his first two starts. I know, 21 strikeouts, but it's been against the Marlins and Guardians. Not exactly deep lineups here. Uh, Now against the Mets, one of the highest-scoring teams in the MLB, who also, by the way, has the lowest strikeout rate at 19.2%. No starting pitcher in the Mets 12 games so far has recorded more than five strikeouts against them or gone deeper than four in a third inning. So give me... The under, I know that it's a little bit weird though. Uh, We will continue talking a little baseball with our guy, Steve Buchanan, MLB and NFL betting analyst over at DraftKings. And I was really excited about that prop, Steve. So I would like your analysis if you think that I am taking crazy pills or not. Uh, Taking the under on Rodon? I know, yeah, you don't like it. I can feel it. I can sense it in your voice. Well, let
7: me tell you, I'm also watching one of my bets lose right in front of me. I need to turn the TV off while I'm doing these segments because now I'm not in a great mood. But Which, we're gonna, I'm a professional. We're gonna power through this. We'll get this.
4: I am proud of you. What are you sweating right now? Well, who are we yelling at? I'll be mad too. Well, it's, I'm not. I'm not sweating anything
7: anymore because the Phillies and, and Rockies just went over 11 runs. They were supposed to go under. Boo. But Right. They brought in this kid. Never even heard of him in his life. He's given up like nine runs in one inning. I don't even know who this kid is, but I don't like him anymore.
4: I don't like him. We're out. We're out on this kid, whoever he is. Uh, (laughs) Let's start real quickly, though, with some of the games ahead tonight. And I'll start with that Giants-Mets game here, though, briefly, just because I have bet it in a few different uh, ways. Uh, New York leading the series two games to none so far. Low total of six and a half with this pitching matchup. What type of a game do you expect?
7: Yeah, I think this is going to be a really low scoring game. I mean, obviously when you see a run, a game total of six and a half, uh, there's a reason for that. You know, Rodon coming over to the giants. He was somebody that was being talked about as the American league saw young last year, but injuries really kind of took him out of that mix, but he was pitching that well. Then you have Chris Bassett, who they traded over from the athletics during that fire sale. He's been phenomenal through the first two starts in that game. Uh, You know, the, the first five under in this one, it's set at three runs. It's insane to think about an under uh, through the first five that low. But these two pitchers are that good that I would actually seriously consider that one. But then again, I also just lost over 11 runs with the the Phillies and Rockies. So, I mean, how good am I with advice right now?
4: Stop it. We're blanking. We're putting that in the rear view. It's over, Steve. It's over. Gosh. Um, We will stick, though, with New York, though, and talk Yankees here as they continue their series with the Tigers. Um, I do have a Yankees money line play, and I need them as a final leg of a parlay that I have going right now as well. So, fingers crossed for that. But what do you think of the Yankees team total here? Set at four and a half. I know they've struggled offensively so far to start the year, but Eduardo Rodriguez, could this be an opportunity to go over?
7: Yeah, you look at this prolific lineup that they run out every single night. And this team on the season is averaging a whopping three runs per game. But i like them to go over that team total tonight against Eduardo Rodriguez, who really just seems like he hasn't settled into that Tigers rotation as of yet. I mean, you already look at what he's done so far. Seven and two thirds innings pitch already walked five guys. He's not getting any swings and misses on his uh, swing and misses on his stuff he's only uh, gotten that 8% of the time in the two starts that he's had. So I know going over this number for the Yankees, Feels like a tall task with the way that this uh, this offense has been running so far. But I like this opportunity for them at De- in Detroit for this one. I think they go over the four and a half runs in this game.
4: And there's value for that even money, honey. We love when we can mm. get those for us. Right. I had the under seven and a half runs in their game yesterday. And when they put up yes. five in the first two innings, I was like, well, this is going to be fun. And then they were able to hold on. Just one more run scored in the ninth. I was, oh my gosh, the sigh of relief on my face. You don't even know. (laughs) Uh, It was a sweat. The uh, Minnesota Twins back for game two of a three-game set in KC tonight. And uh, another team that's had a slow offensive start here early. But Carlos Correa have been adamant they're going to turn it around. What do you think?
7: Yeah, so I think this is a good spot for him to take over one and a half bases. Now, let's go over this real quick here, okay? When you are winning a a, a bet that has to do with bases, you're talking about hits. So a single is obviously one, double is two, so on and so forth. Walks do not count. And that makes a lot of people angry. It does. Like myself, because you know what, it should count. You worked for that walk. Why shouldn't you be rewarded for it? But that's an MLB thing, so I have no power over that. Don't get mad at me if he walks four times and you lose the bet. That's not my fault, that's MLB's fault, okay? But I do like him to go over one and a half bases at plus 110. This is a great matchup going up against Royal starter Daniel Lynch, who had some really, really poor numbers against right handed bats last year. They hit 313 off of him with 14 doubles, two triples, and nine home runs. All of that through just 58 and a third innings last year. Obviously, Carlos Correa has some big pop in his bat. He has seven hits so far on the season, three of them have gone for extra bases. So all we need is for him to get two bases. It can be two singles. It could be a double. Hey, triple? We're clear. We don't even have to worry about it. But you gotta get at least a double or at least two singles to win this bet. But I like that at the plus money.
4: Don't you have some pull by now? Can't we can't we talk to some people and get that changed?
7: Listen, I I am working on it. Believe okay. me, because I'm real tired of this too. So I'm working on it. Don't worry.
4: Well, uh, Daniel Lynch's strikeout prop set at four and a half. Chris Paddock on the other side set at three and a half strikeouts. The one you like more than the other?
7: Yeah, I like the Paddock one a lot at under three and a half. It's a very low total that you have to deal with. So you're going to be sweating this one out. But the Royals have been one of the toughest teams in the league to strike out thus far. Against right-handed pitching, they're only striking out 17.6% of the time. So just for reference, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who I don't even know if they know what sport they're playing with, the way that they've been hitting offensively. For reference, they top the league right now against righties. At 29%. So you're talking about a massive difference from top to bottom. So I think Paddock under three and a half strikeouts is the play in this one. This is someone who over the last two years has been averaging less than a strikeout per inning in the uh, the starts that he's made. And quite frankly, he did not get off to a good start in a Twins uniform. I think he's going to continue to struggle in the American League. So against a team that does not strike out anyways to begin with. I think under three and a half strikeouts is the play. You get that at minus one Oh five. We are
4: fading paddock now here in Vegas. Steve, it's it's no secret. um, Our props options are a lot more limited. Whereas across the country and on DraftKings specifically, the opportunity feels like it's endless. Most of the time Um, you have a bet tonight that is on total outs recorded, which I think is really fun. So why should betters take a look at this market in general? And then more specifically today, Jordan Lyles, why do you like him under?
7: Yeah. So, I mean, this is basically saying, you know, I need Jordan Lyles to be out of that game before he reaches 18 outs. So I'm taking the under 17 and a half outs in this one, he hasn't even made it that far. And the two starts he's made already. He hasn't gone more than five and a thirds innings in the first two starts that he made. And the reason why is he throws a ton, of pitches early 83 through five innings in his first start 91 through five and a third innings in his last start and the A's who he's facing tonight is not a team that you expect to do well. They've been hitting pretty well so far. They're a patient team. They've drawn 29 walks so far, which is tied for the 11th most in the league. And quite frankly, like for a team that I was taking all unders on, they're hitting a lot better than I would, uh, would like to see. But tonight, that's okay. I need you to hit well because I need Jordan Wiles out of there early. So under 17 and a half out, it's a really fun one. You're just banking on him, not completing six innings. And so in the way he's been pitching, that feels like something that can absolutely happen, getting that at minus 105.
4: And the A's have been a lot better than I expected here to start the yeah, year. I don't need
7: that either. I am yeah, under the I pole.
4: I don't need them to be good. <laughs> that's how tonight I feel about fine. the Diamondbacks. I'm always just like, stop. Enough. Enough is enough. Uh, Thank you, Steve. And uh, I'm glad that you gave us some winners so we can bounce back from that Rockies total. That shall not be named. I can't even believe I said it.
7: Here we go again. Yep, thanks a lot.
4: <laughs> That's our guy Steve Buchanan. Does great work covering the MLB and the NFL as well for DraftKings. Might have to get his opinion here coming up next week before round one of the NFL Draft. When we come back here on My Guys in the Desert, my final official plays of the evening. And Nick Alberga of the Fantasy on Ice podcast breaks down the four-game NHL slate. Don't go anywhere. More to come on V the Sports Betting Network.
0: if you dare.
3: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network.
4: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams bet rivers has you covered bet rivers has launched a series of city designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective there are city in chicago denver detroit la new york philadelphia pittsburgh and now washington dc you can subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast same thing with my guys in the desert download anytime anyplace time for taken by storm as we wrap things up here on the program my official plays of the night we will start in major league baseball um, there's a lot of talk about why you should not bet no run first inning, and I agree. Yes, hits 57% of the time. It's more statistically probable for it to happen. It's situational. to bet no run first inning, and I do have one tonight in the Mets and Giants game. Same mentality I had yesterday with Scherzer and Webb in the series and it hit. Two more solid as a rock pitchers on the hill in Bassett and Rodone. I'm also keeping my Mets first five train rolling. They're 9-1-2 and two, cashing first fives this season. Chris Bassett in two starts has two wins combining for 12 innings pitch, allowing just five hits and one run. And he's backed up by a Mets line if it's top. 10 in scoring, batting average, OPS, and fewest strikeouts. So I give them the early edge personally. And I mentioned I have that parlay going. Need the Yankees. Uh, It's tied in with the Brewers and Padres, but I bet them on the money line tonight as well. Don't like the price with two bad offenses, but for as bad as the Yankees have been, uh, the Tigers are incredibly worse. Batting 196 to start the year and the Yankees have a big pitching advantage here with Luis Severino against Eduardo Rodriguez. In the NBA, I'm on the Nets money line first quarter against the Celtics at plus money, plus 110. trailed by just one in the first quarter in game one and after the loss I think they come out the gate strong especially Kevin Durant you look at his numbers he was an uncharacteristic one of six from the floor with just four points and three turnovers in the first quarter of that game and then I've also got some NHL action a short slate but I like the under six goals at even money in the Stars Oilers game Stars have been an under team the majority of the year nine of their last 13 have gone under their posted totals and the Oilers while they've been scoring have been defending much better as well lately six straight unders, including back-to-back shutout wins against the Vegas Golden Knights and Nashville Predators. Uh, also parlayed the Oilers with the Blackhawks and Avalanche tonight at a plus 255 value. We'll see if we can get that one to come through. I can always be talked into more hockey though, so I'm very excited to bring in friend of the show, Nick Alberga, host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast by NHL Studios. Covers all things DFS, betting angles of the slate. Uh, how's it going, Nick? First and foremost, I know the season's winding down, so things are getting a little crazy.
6: I'm doing really, really well. Had a great Easter weekend. Buona Pasqua to you, an Italian. And I, I love the new segment names. There's a new one every week, Stormy.
4: I'm always just trying to change it up. Get a little wild here on the program, Nick. Um, <laughs> there is a short slate tonight, just four games, but uh, some games with important implications here. I just mentioned the Stars-Oilers game, Dallas fighting for position, the Vegas Golden Knights facing a tough team in the Washington Capitals, is this the game you think where Vegas' playoff hopes come to an end? As a fan, as somebody who worked for the team, I'm trying not to give my opinion on this to be unbiased because I want them to win so badly. That's why I had to stay away from betting it.
6: Yeah, you're right. Like, I think the first 10 minutes will will be a good dictation of, of where this game is going. Um, you know, I'm very curious to see how Robin Leonard, first and foremost, for Vegas, comes out in this game after he was just thrown under the bus by head coach Pete DeBoer. Um, following the disappointing loss the other night. So I'm looking at that. Um, certainly from the Washington perspective, they've been much better as of late. Uh, certainly, as you mentioned, from the Vegas perspective, uh, it's must-win territory. I think I'm looking for juice. I'm looking for value this time of year. So I'm going to make a play Vegas in regulation. But I've gone to this well a lot the last little while, specifically with Vegas, and it's bit me in the rear end. But I just think this team is clearly much better than they've shown the last little while. And I'm hoping... That maybe like a rematch of the Stanley Cup final from a couple of years ago can light a fire under them tonight, Stormy.
4: Aside from Robin Leonard in the game with the New Jersey Devils, <laughs> what do you think was missing from the VGK? Because it felt like they were winning a lot of puck battles. They were getting shots on net like they were supposed to and the offense just wasn't coming to fruition the way that it needed to and they lose 3-2.
6: Yeah, well, sadly, I mean, teams have to go through some down times and some bad times, right, and scrutiny. And, you know, five years into this league, Vegas hasn't dealt with any of that. Uh, I just don't know if they have the puck luck this time around. And certainly, I also wonder the likes of Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, arguably their two best players, how healthy these guys truly are. Um, I think they deserve a lot of credit for coming back and, and Vegas fitting these guys in from a cap standpoint. But I just wonder truly how healthy they are. I just think when you, you know, the writing is on the wall for this team. When you lose a game to the Hamburglar, Andrew Hammond, I think you're in big time trouble. And I do think that was a must win game the other night and Vegas uh, couldn't get the job done. So I do think they're finished by the way
4: one uh stinks to say hate to hear it hate to hear it um but it is one of those things that also proves the point from a betting perspective just because teams need to win doesn't necessarily mean that they do um the other team in this situation coming up here tonight is the dallas stars as i mentioned taking on the edmonton oilers in edmonton they are a plus 130 dog i believe is still the price that i see here um do you think that they have a chance here against an edmonton team that seems to be clicking?
6: Definitely. Uh, I'm going dog hunting tonight. Um, you know, I, you know, Danny Burke always laughs because I like to take games sometimes that go to extra time. And I wonder if this game heads in that territory, just more so because both teams need points. Like Edmonton's in a good position, but they have nothing solidified stormy at this point in terms of making the Stanley Cup playoffs. I will take the under six and a half in this game. I think it's going to be low scoring. As we've seen the last couple nights, last night specifically, you had that playoff intensity, that feel where goals were harder to come by than maybe earlier on, even last week in the NHL. And I think as we approach the Stanley Cup playoffs, that will become more apparent, at least uh, you in know, games featuring teams that are in the, the playoffs are also trying to vie for playoff contention. So I would take the under six and a half in that game. I'm leaning towards Dallas because I think they need the two points a bit more than the Edmonton Oilers, but how much faith do I have Not much, to be honest. Um, You know, the curious decision as well, Jake Ottinger, Stormy has been a tremendous story, but he has really, really faltered as of late. So it'll be Scott Wedgwood uh, going for Dallas in that game. And another thing I would look at, is Connor McDavid over over a point and a half after Jonathan Huberto took the points lead last night
4: and hey just with regards to your uh, overtime thought process there if we're on the under we're obviously hoping that that doesn't happen that's not a that's not something that we need to help us in our <laughs> cause for the under there um we talked about the Capitals Golden Knights game the Caps had a great win over the Colorado Avalanche who are in action in a bounce back spot against the lowly Seattle Kraken is this one of those games where they take out their aggression on a lower team like like they did against the Kings the other day.
6: Well, sharp money would tell you so. Um, I think important note as well. Nazem Kadri is back in the lineup, and I actually looked. You can get Nazem Kadri to notch at least one assist at even money, and I think mm. I'd be all over that. Stormy, I know he's coming back from an injury, but he has 57 assists in 65 games this season. And knock on wood, I think that's simple and easy money tonight. Um, you know, just never mind the the Colorado power play, but just the way he's deployed there in the top six. So I'd certainly look at that. You know, conventional wisdom suggests that Colorado's going to win in a cakewalk. Uh, maybe you throw in the revenge factor. Philip Grubauer, the former af playing in this game. Seattle's been a bit better later. Uh, lately, I should say. And they've been a bit rejuvenated by Matty Beniers and him making his NHL debut last week. He has two goals and an assist in three, uh, three games. So maybe you look at a Beniers point prop in this game. But again, conventional wisdom suggests, especially Colorado coming off a loss, their nine-game win streak in the books after that loss to Washington. I think they walk. But I think if you're looking for juice in this game, I would certainly play the puck line. I think there's value there.
4: Yeah, minus 130. It looks like compared to, you know, a a near 400 price, which is, it's absurd. Some of these favorites, I gotta tell you, even looking ahead to tomorrow, some of the prices, it just makes me I get a little bit sick to my stomach. It's okay. (laughs) I will recover. Um, Last game on the slate tonight is the Chicago Blackhawks and Arizona Coyotes. And it's kind of pick your poison. Two teams that the wheels have absolutely fallen off looking at their schedule. Arizona's dropped seven straight and 14 of 16. Chicago dropped 10 of their last 11. Uh, I know the overs have been a plenty with both of these teams allowing so many goals, but does that logic work with two teams that have also struggled as much as they have?
6: The fight for right, I call this. Shane Wright is expected to go first overall, and you see some bottoming teams around this league, Chicago, Arizona, Montreal. I'm fading everybody. Um, you know, just, by the way, I would just add that, like, I've told producer Steph this and producer Britt and all, all the folks there at VEASAN that, you know, I, I tend to stay away this time of year when it comes to betting in the NHL. It just It's tough to find the juice and the value. I think you can pick your spots. I would certainly pick my, my spots a bit more than, uh, I would say, you know, the midway point earlier on this season. And as for this game, Stormy, I I definitely like Chicago. Again, if you're looking for juice, I would take the Hawks in regulation. How much faith do I have in that? I don't know because it is Chicago and they are vying. Uh, you know, for for a cellar-dweller type position. I just can't see Arizona winning this game because actually if they win this game, they move out of the basement spot in the league and I think they obviously want the best chances indirectly of getting the first overall pick. So I think Chicago wins in this game. Another prop I would look at is Patrick Kane over point and a half. Earlier today, I got it at minus 102.
4: You are always the prop master, Nick. Like, I'm very <laughs> impressed. I'm very excited, especially for that Nazim Kadri getting the even money uh, price on somebody like him. Hopefully he comes out the gates running and the abs handle business and yeah blackhawks coyotes i'm just i just stayed away from that game altogether couldn't blame anybody who did thank you for the time and good luck with your bets we'll talk to you soon
6: my pleasure take care
4: Nick Alberga make sure again we're talking about podcasts throughout the day download anytime anywhere the fantasy on ice podcast Nick does a great job with Pete Jensen on a daily basis covering DFS and betting as well that is a wrap for today's my guys in the desert enjoy the NBA playoffs enjoy the short slate and rush for the playoffs in the NHL Um, it's going to be a great couple weeks here Um, that's a wrap like I said thank you to Stephanie Kamerashak producer Steph as Nick Alberga calls him Danny Burke and Rush Hour are coming up
0: 18 plus.